Hello, and thanks for joining me for another veterinary discussion. Um, for this talk, I invited back Dr. Carl Southern um, and uh, fortunately was able to bring back his wife um, who wasn't able to come last time. And, and we're going to continue the conversation about uh, diversity, inclusion, and veterinary medicine. And for this talk, we're going to get a little bit more into, you know, what, what do we think we can do? What can people do to improve the diversity in our profession in veterinary medicine? Because we don't really have a lot of it. Um, and so Brittany and Carl share, you know, some of their personal experiences um, and some of the ideas um, that they have and, and things that could make a difference for um, black veterinarians and, and really, you know, hopefully representing, you know, a, a lot of veterinarians of color from underrepresented groups. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's a good discussion and a lot of good ideas um, come out of it. So hope you will uh, listen and enjoy and, and maybe it will motivate you to um, think about ways that you can impact your own communities in your, in your own way. Um, and we can all work together to, you know, improve the diversity we have in veterinary medicine. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you for joining us on Veterinary Discussions. Um, I'm really excited to welcome back to the program Dr. Carl Southern. Hello. Thanks for joining us. And I'm also really excited to have Dr. Brittany Southern with us. Um, I'll, I'll also mention now that um, we're recording this um, in my home, and uh, the kids are here. Uh, Brittany and Carl are married, and they have some kids, so if you hear some child noises in the background, that's them. <laughs> you know, that's, that's life these days. So, um, but I'm really excited to have you both here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. We're excited yes, to be thank here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, Carl and I had a really good response to the last podcast, where you talked about some of your experiences um, growing up as an African-American, specifically some of your experiences in veterinary medicine. And what I was hoping to do, um, I think we ended things last time, was talking about what are we going to do? What are we going to do about right. some of some of these issues, the lack of diversity that we, we see in veterinary medicine, and not just um, with black veterinarians, but in general, lack yeah. of diversity. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping we can, we can have a conversation about today, or what are some actionable things that people yeah. out there can do, veterinarians, students, um, you know, technicians, administrators, you name it. Um, so what are... What are your guys' thoughts on that? What, what should we be doing differently? You want to start, Brittany? Sure, I can start. Um, so first, I would point out that I think it's great that people are being aware right now and where we are in our country in this space. I think it's great that people are putting themselves out there to be a little bit uncomfortable and try to learn um, about the systemic problem of oppression in our country. And so I think it's great that people are talking and people are listening um, and that people are reading. But I think going beyond that is really the second step. Um, and so I think once people educate themselves and start to kind of get out of their com comfort zone, I think that's when they can try and take some steps towards action. Yeah. Um, and I think with veterinary medicine, it is a little bit difficult because that med is the least diverse yeah. healthcare profession in this country, <laughs> yep. unfortunately. Uh, yep. um, so I think if we wanted to think about where we could start with students, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a lot. So it's I think, a daunting task, yeah, right? It's yeah. really daunting. Um, I think if we want to step back and say, okay, what do we do? How can we increase di diversity with the students? Um, it takes work, not just from the students, but it takes Absolutely. work on 
the people at the colleges. Yeah. Um, it takes people being intentional yeah. and trying to figure out how can we change this problem and how, what yeah. can we do yeah. to start accepting more students. So um, one of the things that I've thought about when it comes to this is, you know, why, why is this a problem and where does it start? And yeah. one of the things that has struck me is that this is not a problem that starts at the, at the, when people are applying for vet school. Right. It starts long before yeah. that, before yeah. they're even applying to undergrad, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, you know, really with like your kid's age is, is where, yeah. it, you know, that, yeah. that yeah. seems like, oh, that's a little early because you got an infant and you got a toddler, but not really. Yeah. So it, it, how did you guys get into veterinary medicine? Like what was your, you know, I don't, I don't actually know this story from either of you. <laughs> so like when, do you remember, you know, when you were thinking about being a vet? Was it when you were a child, like a lot of people or later? I think for me, it was probably high school. Yeah? High school, yeah. I mean, I was, um, we always had animals growing up. Yeah. So, you know, I was always around animals and things like that. But I think high school is when I really thought, okay, I, I want to pursue the profession. Yeah. And before that, um, I think, actually, no, it was actually it was middle school. I think yeah? Back, it was middle school, yeah, because we had our, our, our first dog. It was when I first had my first veterinary experience. Okay. We took him in for... Um, to get a flea dip, and yeah. I remember that, and that's when I first had my first exposure. I, it, before then, it, there was none, and after that, it was kind of just a big gap between there and high school. Okay. I really, like, really understood what veterinary sure. medicine was, yeah. so I remember my first exposure. But at least you'd seen a veterinarian, like, yeah. that's a job that exists, yep. right? Yep. Like, if you don't know a job exists, it's not something right. you think about, you're never going to consider it for yourself. Exactly. Okay, so loving animals is part of it, yeah. but, like, you also have to see it in action. So you saw yeah. that in middle school, middle school yeah. and then you fast forward a little bit later in life when you're maybe thinking about, you know, what am I going to do? do? Yeah. So you get to high school, and then that became like, hey, that's something I could do. And that's when I started working in the profession. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's when it started for me. So I would say middle school, first exposure, high school, working, and then it kind of snowballed yeah. on from there. Did you have any trouble getting a, a, your, that first job in veterinary medicine? Um, actually, I didn't because I uh, worked in this. I worked at a place where there was a Tuskegee graduate. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so I had I had that connection with him because That's I, huge. I knew in by high school that I wanted to go to Tuskegee. Uh huh. Okay. So he he took me on and was like, Gotcha. For sure. You know, so was this a black veterinarian? He was yeah. Black. Okay. Yeah. So man, so you had that connection. I think that's happy baby sounds in the background for anybody who's worried. <laughs> it's very happy. Um, so you you had essentially a mentor right. early on, and somebody who could say, "Hey, yeah, you had a model as well. Yeah. Somebody you could say, yeah, this is this is a real attainable thing for me." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that's a tough question to to ask, but do you think that would have made a difference if you hadn't had that? Um, probably so, for sure. Yeah. If I didn't have someone to say, "Hey," look at this, this is what you can do, and mm-hmm. someone to be a, a mentor or a role model in mm-hmm. that profession, yeah. easily would have probably been distracted by something else that, that, you know, yeah. that caught my eye, and then I yeah. went down that path. So yeah. I, I think 100%, if, if uh, Dr. Glenn wasn't there, then yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Dr. Glenn. We appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and because you didn't have that in your family. No. Yeah, because I know that, that's actually a really common thing when I talk to vet students. A lot of them have a parent or an aunt or an uncle mm-hmm. or you know somebody in the family. I didn't have that either. You know, nobody in my family was in the medical field. I just was like, loved animals. And I was like, what? You can do this for a job? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so I was really young when when it occurred to me. Um, But I remember, it was like, it's kind of tough getting that first job in veterinary medicine when you, I mean, any, really any field when you don't have any experience, it can be tough. Yeah. Um, But I had a lot of 
people I could look around and say, okay, yeah, these people look like me. And, yeah. and I didn't have that extra hurdle, or at least I didn't perceive that I did. And, yeah. um, you know, so how, how about you, Brittany? So pass the baby. We're going to pass a baby. <laughs> so I'm that person that Carl just talked about. So I did not have a black veterinary mentor yeah. at all. Um, I knew from a young age that I wanted to go into vet med. That's the only thing that I can ever remember wanting yeah. to do. Um, and so for me, it was really difficult. I had interactions with veterinarians, but I didn't have anybody that looked like me. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I have people in the medical field in my family. Okay. And so I would say that they were definitely ones who helped push me yeah. to stay on my goal. Um, I can say that... In undergrad, I had a hard time. Um, I had professors tell me, there's no way that you're going to go to vet school. Your grades are not good enough. Um, you should try and find something else to focus on. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, this is going to be really hard for me because yeah. I need to find somebody that can help me. Because this is what I want to do. This is what your I want to do. This is my goal. Mm -hmm. um, and so... For me, I really had to, I remember working really hard to try and find some mentors, and I did, yeah. thankfully, but it, it took years until I got to that point. Um, and in undergrad, I was able to find people to connect with, and they encouraged me, thankfully. And so I would say definitely for a young black pre-vet student to mm -hmm. find somebody to connect yeah. with, because that is pertinent. I mean, And don't take no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Um, and just because one person says you can't do it, don't, you know, yeah. there's always going to be somebody sure. that's not going to encourage you, regardless of race. I right, mean, that's right. Yeah. Beyond that. Um, so, so did you, um, not that it necessarily, but, it, you know, we're talking about this as far as race and representation. When you right. did find a mentor, was it a, was it a person of color? It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. She was in a residency um, and she... A veterinary residency? She, she was. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yep. And she went to Tuskegee uh -huh. and... For me, that was, I mean, that was key, just having somebody yeah. who could, who I could connect with and somebody who had gone mm -hmm. through it um, and could give me real life experience. And she yeah. actually was the person who, once I did get to Tuskegee, that mm -hmm. I kept in contact with and yeah. she guided me and, you know, the same professors were still there. And yeah. so she kind of gave me all the... The ins and outs. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I mean, I would say that's absolutely key for any pre-vet student, um, especially a person of color, just to find somebody that looks like you. And again, that's going to be really tough. Yeah. Um, so I think that, just starting with that is really important. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the biggest thing for yeah. me. And I think that where, where my area of focus would, that I would put my area of focus is the faculty, is the yeah. people who have the, you know, are at the universities, the ones that actually have the faculty positions. I think if we had more yeah. black faculty at just different veterinary schools around the yeah. country, then we would be able to get more people to say, hey, that person looks like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a problem going there. People go to yeah. Tuskegee not only, one, because they don't get accepted anywhere else, but two, because if I'm a African-American, I want to be able to actually have a connection with somebody mm -hmm, right. that's there with me. So And yeah. feel comfortable. And feel comfortable, yeah. yeah. So if, if I'm applying to elsewhere and I see, I guess, now you can use the internet for anything, look at the internet and say, okay, white, 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 or mm -hmm. female, 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 female. Yeah. You know, I'm, I might not say, well, I look at Tuskegee, oh, man, it's a black man, it's a black yeah. woman. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why not go there? Yep. Right. 
So I think faculty for me is where we need to change. And how yeah. do we do it? It's a whole topic. Of course, we have yeah. ideas and things. But I think for me, that's where I would start is increasing the number of faculty yeah. members that are black. So then yeah. how there's a lot of um, there's a lot of barriers to when you guys know once you finish veterinary school. Um, yeah. And again, these these aren't necessarily um you know, race-specific barriers, although they're going to disproportionately affect certain groups. Yeah. But, like, there's the financial implications of right. doing yeah. an internship and doing a residency. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, for me, as a woman, one thing I notice is that, you know, the proportion of women in veterinary medicine far outweighs yeah. men yeah. As until you start going up the ladder. Then right. that mm -hmm. narrows, right? right? It, does. And, it does. And so we don't have a system in place that, in my opinion is welcoming to everyone right. after vet school even, Correct. right? So doing yeah. an internship has so many barriers, not just applying, but like, uh, okay, you're going to work a year for terrible pay, right? right? And yep. you're right at the prime time in your life when you might want to start having children, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know? And then if you want to be ultimately, you know, specialize and, and become, not that you have to have a specialty to become a faculty member, but the vast majority right. of that is, that is mm -hmm. the route you're going to yep. take, right? right? Then you're going to do that for three more years yeah. yep. after that. You're still working, you know, slightly better crummy, crummy, me pay right. um, and also in the prime you know children having years of your life and yeah. so you're like okay delay starting having children um, yeah. you know delay paying off your loans or like really dramatically cut back on your ability to pay off your loans live really you know and some people are just like no Not yeah. an again and, and yeah. if you now select for um, you know, people who are in a different financial situation, they're not independently wealthy or don't come from a family that's independently wealthy. Well, I think we know just the demographics in the United States that that's going to disproportionately affect people of color. So, yeah. right. so yes, I agree with you, Carl, that um, increasing diversity amongst the faculty is huge. However, yeah. my worry is how are we going to achieve that when all of these barriers still exist? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, we need True. to, we need, you're right, in recruiting and things like that, we need, but yeah. there's also, it, you start to get spread so thin, right? right. When you right. start to, to move yeah. up sure. the ladder. Um, so that's one of my worries. And so the other thing, I think, you know, Carlana, you've chatted, you and I have chatted about this a little bit because you've had people reach out to you mm -hmm. specifically. Um, you've probably had similar experiences, Brittany, where you're saying, hey, I recognize you, you are going to understand my experience a little bit better than maybe someone mm -hmm. else. But that's a lot to take on. When you look at just the straight yeah. numbers, if you say, okay, well, everybody who wants to go to vet school needs to have a black mentor. That's a lot of people you guys got to mentor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe part of it is saying, yes, having, having you guys as a mentor, if, if you have a, a, a black veterinary or pre-veterinary student, that's huge. But I don't feel like you guys can be the only mentors for I them, agree. right? Like, no, so I, I think agree. we need to increase, yeah. you know, the allyship or the mentorship um, amongst all faculty, exactly. right? right? Everybody who's there um, and, you know, what are the best ways to do that? We, Maybe that's part of what we can talk about now, yeah. but um, but that's where you know I understand that if I have a, a, a black veterinary student, I'm not going to necessarily understand you know sure. every experience they have. Just if it's a, a male veterinary student and a woman, you know, there's right. we're all going to have right. our different experiences. So I think it needs to be a team of people, right? And we need to have a group of people to say, hey, I'm here to support people regardless of what the situation is. And I'm not going to look at somebody based on one metric. Just right. your GPA can't be the only right. metric we're oh, using. Yeah, exactly. um, that's, that, we know that. There's so much evidence yeah. out there telling us that GPA or grades or test scores are, are, are not the only, or even in some, maybe aren't even a good metric to use. Right. Um, and, and you're starting to see 
some of that changing. Um, I think the the U- University of California state system just got away with saying mm-hmm. requiring um, the SAT and the, right. the what's the other one, the ACT. Yep. You know, you're starting to see little yeah. things like that. Um, I know Florida has made a lot of changes to the admissions process, and and other um, you know veterinary colleges are are doing the same. I don't think we're quite where we need to be yet. Um, so I don't know. You know, what are your guys' thoughts? Did you did you guys have mentors, uh, all of all of your mentors that were supportive of you, were, were they always people of color? Did you ever feel like you had somebody else that you could go to? Not really? <laughs> no. I, so I went to a predominantly white institution for undergrad. Okay. And I would say no. I wow. Like, I literally cannot even think of one person that I felt comfortable going to um, who was not black. Um, and my undergrad was pretty diverse. And yeah. so I had other people mm-hmm. that were not faculty that I could mm-hmm. go to and talk to and I felt comfortable. Um, but I mean, it is sad to say and to yeah. think about that. So um, I want to ask you, um, is that, did you, did you have people that you approached that you thought could be mentors and then just were like, okay, that didn't work? Or did you just never got that vibe from anybody? I think a little bit of both. Okay. Um, and I would even say, you know, during my residency, I, I did my residency at an institution where there were no black female veterinarians mm-hmm. on faculty at the vet school, and the black female students came to me yeah. for everything. Yeah. Um, they knew that I was there, and as soon as they did, they came to me for everything. Yeah. Um, and it, That's a lot back to take on, on. Yeah, so looking back on it now, it, I mean, it is kind of a big responsibility, and I was a resident, so yeah. you know, I had, had plenty enough. of other things that I was worried about, <laughs> right. um, but I was happy to be there, and I was sure. happy for them to see me there. Right. Um, yeah, that representation so was huge. Exactly. So exactly. my question is, then, so what, what is something that I can do, okay, as a, as a white veterinarian, to um, to make it known, you know, rather other than like just going around to each of them and be like, "Hey, I'm here if you need," you know what I mean? Like, how? What are some specific things? I mean, maybe that's it. I don't know. But what are some specific things that I could do as a faculty member to let not just you know black students, but like any student of color, any anyone really? Like, what are some of the things that you that, you, that w- would have made you say, oh, "That's somebody I can go to." It's 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 by not only by like how you carry yourself because you can tell you can yeah, tell yeah. somebody who's not really in support of you yeah but it's even if they when, say that they are right yeah that's but true it's when you yeah. say you are and then you actually basically seek that person out and say hey i'm just no it's been a little bit down lately something yeah. might be on your mind and you feel it come to them and say hey i i may not understand what you're what you're what's going on what you're going through but literally just if you want to have a conversation I'm here, yeah. And physically, like, cause you, you're not going to be able to to get anybody to open up to you, like, just right. out, out of the blue. But right. if you really are truly, truly genuine about it, they're going to know, and yeah. they're going to say, "Hey, I, I, I got to go find, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Connor. I really need to talk to somebody, but nobody else is here. And let me just see if she's being real or not. That's, that's, yeah. that's how it's going to happen. Like, you yeah. just say, like, you, you're going to go and say, "Hey, look." I'm here if you ever need to talk. You mean it, and you're genuine. Yeah. They might not know it at first. Might not say, trust you know, it completely. Yep, but they have mm-hmm. nobody else. Yeah. They're going to come to Eventually. you at one point, and they're going to say, hey, I, I know you told me if I ever need anything, come mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, after talking to you, they're going to be yeah. like, wow, she is real. Yeah. She's genuine. She's mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. She's not going to just blow me off. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. And then once you have that one student, it's going to spread. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I, yeah. I, I talked to Dr. Connor. This is an ally. This and, is someone you can go to. And she's in support of me. Mm-hmm. She's in support of, you know, of what I want to do. And she's in support of, you know, my race, my color, my disparity. 
It's interesting though that your your natural inclination is to be like is to be wary. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 oh, it, yeah. you know, it's from years of being yeah. disappointed. Exactly, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, confide in you. Right. And then use it against me. Right. Got it. And, oh yeah. And that's the thing. Like I don't yeah. want to put out there that okay, I might be struggling with whatever I'm struggling with. Yeah. And the next thing I know, you're using it against me. Yeah. Or, or you've mm-hmm. told somebody else. Yeah. Now everybody else knows what I'm, my, my problems gotcha. are, what I'm going through. So if you're talking about being an ally, yeah. all you walk can the do walk. Yep, yeah. is just walk the walk. When, they, when you say it, yeah. they're going to come. Yeah. They're going to mm-hmm. come to you at some point, whether it's six months later, a year later, they're going to say, yeah. hey, you, you, you told me I can come talk to you. Yeah. And now I'm here. And they're going to be like, let me see how this goes. They're not yeah. going to tell you everything. They're not going to open up at sure. first. Oh, they're, no, no. Just test say, the waters. Yep, yeah, dip say, your toe hey, in. I've been struggling with gross anatomy. No, I'm good with it. I got an gross anatomy. They're just going to test you and see. Sure. And then they're going to be like, okay, she's real. And okay. they're going to come, come back yeah. with the real stories, with the real. Yeah. Need. Yeah. You, you sound like you're agreeing with all that, Brittany. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, I mean, I think backing up a little bit, when you were originally brought up the talk of, topic of faculty, I think you had ever, hit everything perfectly. Um, you know, I think it's, it's great to try and figure out how white faculty or non-black faculty can support black students. Um, but I think at the end of the end of the day, black students want to see somebody that, yeah. oh, that yeah. looks like them. Um, and even something simple, like let's say if, if they're the only black student there, um, they might need help figuring out where can I get my hair done? Is there yeah. nobody here that can, like, let's say they move <laughs> yeah. from the East Coast to the West Coast and they need to get their yeah. hair done. Who are they going to go and talk to and say, where can I get my hair done or yeah. where can I do X, Y, Z? And yeah. so if they can't even have normal conversation. And I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's a hairdresser, so that's where I get my hair done. Right. But just <laughs> I actually struggle stuff. with that one, too. <laughs> um, no. But just simple yeah. things like no, that. No, you're right. Um, yeah. And so it is, it's still key, you know. I mean, it's so great for... Maybe if, in, while we're trying to, like, increase the number of, you know, diversity, you know, diverse faculty, faculty of color, yeah. maybe hiring a guidance counselor or somebody like that. Like, is that, is that going to make a difference? Not, nope. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I, I just feel like they, there needs to be more black faculty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that, Absolutely. that would be. No, I, I agree. I'm just yeah. like, until what we can get can to that get point, to because that point? we have, you know, yeah. like, how do I, we, uh, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think a guidance counselor would do anything, to be honest with no? you. No? Okay. May, I may be wrong in that aspect. The but. reason I brought that up is there yeah. have been discussions amongst different colleges about ah. trying to hire, um, maybe it's not a guidance, but like career counselors and things like that, other people yeah. of color, yeah. so that sure. students can have somebody, it's like, hey, this person looks like me, or they're going to yeah. they're gonna maybe understand a little bit better sure. um, than, than someone else. So, um, you know, are there other positions that might be easier yeah. right now, sure. um, you know, to get people in? Or... Maybe it's just a matter of we got to recruit a little harder. Yeah. I think that's what it I is because we're out there. Absolutely, yeah. enough, there are black there's veterinarians. There's enough black veterinarians that don't have to be a specialist, but you can just have them. Like the, the thing is, who wants to work in an academic setting when you're the only one there? You're yeah. gonna be. You're not. Your views and your ideas are just gonna yeah. get kicked out the door. Who wants to do it? So I just think there's enough of black veterinarians that have graduated, yeah. have done enough things to where. Mm-hmm. They, and we, we could even have some black deans, you know. I, Wouldn't there's, there's that, a, yeah. There's enough yeah. of us, and a female dean. How about a black yes. female dean? Yeah, and we, and we, yeah. Have, we, one, have, we have one at Tuskegee. Yeah. So here's my next question, and this is this is kind of a tough one. You guys, so Brittany, you finished your residency. Carl, you're in the midst of yours. What is going to entice you to go to a predominantly white <laughs> vet school, right? I mean, because yeah. that's what we're talking about. Because yeah. if you guys say, you know what, I want to go back to Tuskegee where it's comfortable, yeah. 
then it keeps going, right? And yeah. so what, what, what would a, a, a dean or a search committee or, or what would it take to say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to pioneer this because I've been doing it my whole thing life, yeah, right? Yeah. I was the only, you know, you know, I was one of the few in this program, one of the few in this program. I was the only resident. Like I had all these students. So you, you know what, what that right. means. Yeah. Right. But that's a lot to take on. Yep. And so what it's is, what, when you're thinking about, you know, your, your long-term career and what you guys are going to do and you're thinking, okay, what's it going to take for me to take that on? I'll let you answer. Yeah. I have my answer, Brent, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not money, but that no, would be good. No, I know. I know. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt, would it? Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it. it is a big question, and I think that... <laughs> baby's crying. Um, I think it's an important question because, yes, we could easily go back to Tuskegee, and we could continue to serve And students. make a big difference there, yeah, right? Make a yeah. huge yep. difference, serve the students that look like us. But I think it's also important to recognize that there are black pre-vet students throughout this country. All over the place. And there are students that want to stay in state for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important to realize that those students need somebody mm -hmm. as well. And so, you know, it. I think for us, it's knowing that we can make a difference wherever mm -hmm. we are. And I think any black veterinarian, wherever they are, can make a difference. Sure. Um, well, even yeah. in private practice. Even in like private that. practice. Like you said, you're Dr. Absolutely. Glenn, right? Yep. That's yeah. What, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what, a, what an impact exactly. that had on you. you. For yeah. sure. Yep. Yes. I know if we, you know, for us, for example, we're here and, you know, if we were considering staying, I think for us it would be, okay, do we think that we can make a difference right. while we're here? Right. You know, if, if What's we... What's the infrastructure? Exactly. And, yeah. um, and I think it's important also, you know, there are black people who have struggled their entire lives mm -hmm. to make a difference in whatever mm -hmm. scenario they mm -hmm. were in. So whatever infrastructure they were in they may have been one of a handful mm -hmm. and they worked hard and then at the end of the day they realized hey this is a struggle that I don't want to fight anymore yeah, because nobody is listening to me yeah. yep. and so I know for us that's important as well mm -hmm. you know we can try and try all day but if no one's going to listen to us yeah you want to look back on your life and be exactly. like yeah look at we did this we did this exactly yeah. and so I mean I think looking to, into the future you know it would be great if we could be at a college and feel like we've made a difference, feel like we've right. helped increase the number of black students come, feel like we could increase the number of health officers, the faculty. Mm -hmm. um, but in the back of my mind, at least, I still have that weary feeling that, mm -hmm. hey, this could take a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, is it worth it? Absolutely. Um, but without guarantees. Yeah, exactly. Without mm -hmm. guarantees. Um, we can always go back to the place that you know, took care of us yeah. or, or an HBCU. I mean, not yeah. just Tuskegee, there's plenty of HBCUs yeah. that um, we could serve as well. Right. And so it is something that I think can be a tough decision for a black veterinarian. Yeah. Um, and then kind of a sidebar with that, looking at specialties. Mm -hmm. So the black veterinarians that are in specialties, that number is drastically, insanely yeah. low. And let's talk about pathology and lab animal medicine. That's it. That's, yeah. where, that's where all the, the black specialists are, huh. pathology yeah. and lab animal That's medicine. interesting. And there's people that want to do surgery. Oh, yeah. ECC, yep. medicine, yeah. Um, all the other specialties. There are black veterinarians that want to do it. They're just, the door's not being opened for them. There. Yeah. Um, and so that's another area that is extremely important. Um, and that's an area that needs to be addressed as well. Yeah. And so, and I think with that area, they're just not being accepted. You know, people want to do it. They're applying. Yeah. It's literally, no one's letting them have a chance. Surgery is one of the hardest ones to get into. And then if you're black, yeah. it's like, get real. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. 
So what would you guys, what would be your plan? How would for, you, how do you change for me, that? For me, to answer your first question, I, I, if I were to consider staying at a you mm -hmm, know, predominantly white veterinary school, I would just need to know that I'm going to be given control, and I don't mean of everything, but I need to be given some control. Like if, if I want to be on the admissions committee, yeah. I need to be able to say, I have okay, some influence. I want to I see every single application from an African-American, and I want to see them at least get an interview. Yeah. So forget what their paper says. Yeah. If they interview and they're crummy, get rid of them. Right. If they interview and they, and they show potential or they have, and they're yeah. a good candidate, they have no reason to get declined. Yep. And, and I want that type of power. Yeah. For me to be able yeah. to stay somewhere, I need to say, okay, yeah. show me every single application. If you hand me one application from a black woman, like, where's the rest of them? Yeah. They, they came in somewhere. Yeah. So, so Tover and I, I, I struggled um, when I got to Florida with um, medical calculations, drug calculations. Yeah. So teaching that, that was something that like, people don't love it. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't love it. And, um, and I learned that it's not really something that gets truly taught in undergrad. Um, yeah. Is they, you know, they, they teach chemistry, they teach stoichiometry, but they didn't really teach applied mathematics. So students come here and I give them a story problem of like, okay, you have this patient and you need to create a fluid additive. And, and they're just looking at me like, what? Yeah. Um, so I struggled for years with, with how to teach this. And one of the things that I, uh, I was like, okay, well, let me, let me figure out if I can try to identify who the students that are struggling. Yeah. Um, and so we, we collected data from uh, pre-veterinary uh, school admission data, like people okay. who are applying to vet school right. and got into vet school. Um, and then we said, okay, let me compare that. Let me get the, the students' data and compare that with how they performed on these, these assignments and these exams in my course. And then we said, maybe we could try to figure out, like, you know, who, who is going to struggle with this? Right. And I can identify them early and say, hey, here are some resources. Here's some extra help, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. Get them all up to speed. So we collected all this data. And the spread for scores on test scores and things like that um, for all the people who admitted to vet school is nothing. <laughs> They all wow. look the same. Everybody's wow. the same. See? So we talked about this, and it's like, okay, the application pool is saturated, yep. right? We ha we've, we've had the minimum. So Tover and I have talked about, like, okay, here's our minimum criteria. Here's all the applications. It's a lottery from there. Yeah. Like, because we're not distinguishing between them at that point. There's nope. nothing. I can't look at an application and be like, well, this one at, from this university got this score. And that's meaningless. Right. They're all right. the same. Right. And yep. so one thing we can have a whole discussion about whether or not those are even the right criteria to be using, right? right? Um, but we've, we've kind of fooled ourselves into thinking that we can discern who's going to do well and who... Yep. Nope, we can't. Wrong every this time. is not telling us anything. And yep. so that, for me, was like, we're looking at the numbers, and he's telling me he's doing all the, the stats for me, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, it, it, nothing. We got nothing. They're all the same. And wow. I was like, wait, what? He's wow. like, the, I think were, the verbal score... The verbal score on your on the GRE was like the one thing that was like a little bit, and that doesn't even make sense. No. <laughs> and so, although maybe I guess a little bit because there's story problems, people can like turn the. But, um, but yeah, so I started realizing that that's it. There's no yeah. <laughs> there's no spread. We're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we are exactly right. Um, and so that's what we said. Like if we if we say okay, what are the minimum criteria it would take? And then we just said, boom, it's a lottery from there. Right. Right. Then you might actually, statistically speaking, you would you get would a, at least of the application pool, you would yep. get a, a more fair spread. Now I still think we'd have a problem because I don't think we have a very diverse application pool right. when it I comes agree. to veterinary right. medicine. I agree. Um, and and so that's the other thing that that I you know think about. And I you know I chatted with you about this earlier, Carl. Is one of the things I thought about was exposure. Like you said, when you right. saw veterinary yeah, veterinary with you brought the family dog and you were like, hey, yeah, yep. that's that's cool. That's the thing I want to do. And so yeah. how do we reach out to, you know, um, you know, underserved communities and things like that? Boys and Girls Club is one of the things like, let's partner with them. Let's get the vet yeah. schools. Because if we wait until they're applying to vet school, for a lot of people, it, it might already be too late. Too late. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but coupled with that, 
there has to be some financial commitment to that because I think there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of ac- excellent candidates, people who'd be really, really good, mm-hmm. and they look at this and they say, okay, well, I can go to school for four years and take on you know a quarter million dollars of debt, yeah. more, <laughs> yeah. um, and then I can go out and make a third of what uh, a, a doctor would, a, yeah. a physician would. Yep. Similar yeah. amount of debt, maybe more even in veterinary medicine. Right. I'm going to make less than what they would. Yeah. Why on earth? Like <laughs> veterinary medicine isn't yeah. a great financial for decision. Sure. Right. For sure. And it's a, it's a very fulfilling job. Obviously, we're all doing it because it's what we wanted to do. And, and I'm, I am very thankful that it's something I get to do. But it's not. Eventually, you can, you can make a good living right. and things like that. But if you're also thinking like, I have family that I'm going to have yeah. to support and things, then again, it, it's that That's extra hard. barrier when you go to want to do an internship or residency. Yeah. It's just you're adding all this on and this yeah. is not it's not a practical choice right. financially yeah. for a lot of people. And so there has to also be, in my opinion, you can't just say, oh, let's expose them to it. Um, there yes. also has to be a financial commitment to say, okay, we've identified these people. We've, we've kind of got them involved early. Do we have a... He's asleep. He's sleeping? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a, I wish you guys could see time. this right now. He's got his head <laughs> leaning on a table, and, and Carl's just bouncing him, and he's just sleeping, and I love it. That's amazing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, no, it's good. It's, it's fun. Um, so, so those are some of the things that I've thought about um, yeah. is, you know, you have to start early, but there also has to be a way. Once you've exposed these kids early and thinking like, yeah, this is the thing I can do and, and provide maybe that early mentorship for them. Right. Um, and then there has to be a way to help them out financially to make that like yeah. an, a, a real choice. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. One thing that I'll quickly say is that that's part of the reason why so many black veterinarians, when they finish, we go straight into practice. Oh, yeah. um, because Gotta we might be... Families. Right. Mm-hmm. Take care of our families. We might be the first yeah. doctor in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, that coupled with the fact that, hey, maybe I do want to do an internship. Let me apply. Oh, I didn't match. Or, mm-hmm. oh, nobody wants to give me this chance. Then I'm going to go work so I yeah. can make some money. Start paying these um, loans back. Yep. Exactly. And then we know that there's a systemic oppression mm-hmm. with black people when it comes to finances. So yeah. absolutely. I think it's key for things like scholarships, um, just to have that be available for black students. And one of the things that we've chatted about, and there are some colleges that that do this, is set money aside for black students. Yep. So I think that's something that every institution should think about and consider, because it is very, very important, and things are going to continue as is if if we don't start to Well, and I I have an example where, you know, not exactly that, but something like that. So at Michigan State, when I was a student, we had a certain, I don't remember how many it was, but there were a certain number of spots that were set aside Mm -hmm. for Puerto Rican students. Mm -hmm. And so in my class, we had six or eight, I don't remember how many, but, and one of the, um, you know, the women in admissions, that was kind of, she's from Puerto Rico, and that was like her big thing, Hilda. Um, And she's a wonderful person in general, but like that was, that was a big thing that she promoted. And, um, and I mean, they were, they were, I mean, just like anyone else, I'm yeah, it's, it's friends with some of them. They're great, yeah. you know, great people. They were yep. very, very good. And um, but there was like these are set aside for this. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't half the class. I mean, we had 110 or 115 yeah. people in our class. It was six or eight people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's the other thing Michigan State had done is they um, they're I don't know if they're still doing it. I think they are. But they had one of their rotating internship spots that mm-hmm. was reserved yeah. for yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember exactly how it's like set aside, but a person of color or position. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's obviously really nice. But again, 
there's still the financial implications. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if there was also, and, and not just for people of color, but people with financial need, right, you know, right. to That's just it. say, okay, yeah. you've got financial need. We still we want you to do you. an internship. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to help support you through this. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there are ways that we can, we can do that. And there's, I mean, we already have ways to for people to demonstrate they have financial need. Right. Like, we don't Absolutely. have to reinvent that. That's Absolutely. been sorted out, you know? Yeah. Um, but that would be, you know, a barrier. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be just for people of color or whatnot, mm -hmm. but what, that would what, awesome. wouldn't that be great yes. to have, you know, we could make this a profession that isn't, that's attainable for, for non-rich people. Right. <laughs> right. Can you imagine right. if, if, if every vet school had just that? Yeah. Just a, let's just say a diversity seat at each vet school. Yeah. I mean, what do we have? Over 30 vet schools now? I can't remember yeah. the number. But that would be at each vet school you have diversity position. Yeah. And if and if all of them don't get picked by, you know, African-American sure. candidates, but each vet school, we're going to set aside yeah, whatever X number of dollars for one diversity seat. Like that would Are you for an internship? It, just for a or student. Or for a student. For yeah. a student. Like, that would, that would change yeah. the mm -hmm. whole narrative for, like, right. years down the road. It would, it would I mean, what if... What, and what it if doesn't we, have to be one. I mean... But that's what I was thinking. I was <laughs> yeah. like, can we do more we than one? I was yeah. like, look at the percentage. Look we, at the numbers, right? Yeah. Okay, so you have 110 students in your mm -hmm. class. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? The country is made up of this percentage of people of color. Yes. Boom, that done. That should be the percentage. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could look at your state and say, well, what is it right. in our state or something like state. that? Okay, yeah. this the diversity in the state. We have this percentage of blacks, this percentage of you know um, Native Americans, blah, 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 whatever, and just mm -hmm. go down and you say... Yeah. You know, you could come up with different ways, but do something, exactly. you know, yeah. something yeah. like that. I think part of the problem is that people are not, I don't think people pay attention to the statistics at their own college, yeah. unfortunately, because I think if people did and they cared, they would be They'd shocked. be like, holy crap. Yes. Yeah. How is this possible? Exactly. But like, if they if, cared. If they cared. So that's part of the problem because yeah. Yeah. we've had conversations with people and you can tell the people they're that like, care, they, yeah. their, their mouths drop and they're away. like, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I can. I said I can count on my. I uh, can count on one hand if you chop off a couple fingers, <laughs> the number of black students that I've worked with over the years. I mean, yeah. it, it's that is what it is. Now, I, uh, that's maybe a bit of an exaggeration. If it's been a few years, so um, maybe if I add them up cumulatively. Yeah. But um, if you think about, but, yeah. at the at the college, if there's yeah. 500 between you know 450 students, mm -hmm. and if you can only count on mm -hmm. two I can, hands, I can think like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I got like yeah. five people I can think yeah. of right yeah. now. And like, that's not okay. So, like, less no. than 1%, yeah. less right. than half, of, half a percent. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's in the not state reflective. of Florida, it's yeah. 16%. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not absolutely reflective. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's pathetic. And yeah. we need to do something about it. And it takes people being intentional and yeah. making it a priority. Yeah. Um, so. It's going to be hard for some yeah. people because this, yeah. is, this, is, this has been a problem for. So many decades, so many hundreds of years, yeah. and it's going to be a problem for some people. But those are the people you don't want around you anyway. So <laughs> right. Yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, those are the ones you are just you, simply oh, say, "Oh, you're hey, going to quit if we do this." Right. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, like 100. percent like, yeah. like those yeah. are the ones you don't want around you. Like, yeah. and and I have plenty, plenty of non-black friends. Right. Right. Like, I mean, Bobby, right, clearly, yeah. like, we have a great friendship. Yeah. And, and I've only known you for, what, three years, two years? I can't remember how long. Two, hey, two, two years. years two yeah. years. Two years. <laughs> Feels a lot longer, huh? <laughs> a lot longer. <laughs> we have a great friendship. Yeah. It's not about just having, you know, all black people everywhere. It's not what yeah. we're talking no, about. We're no. just yeah. talking about making it fair right. yeah. for everyone. Yes. And that's what all of this is about, is being fair for everyone. Yeah. I talked about last time about stop judging. Just make it fair for everyone, yeah. you know. Yeah. Don't judge on a on a a criteria that you were taught or somebody told mm -hmm. you about, you, didn't, you don't even know. 
Right. There's no evidence fair. for it. Yeah. And, and I think that, if we just had that mindset, mm-hmm. just make things fair, this would be a totally different country. I think fair, that, I mean, that's where you start talking about equity versus yeah, equality, exactly. right? Exactly. Where, because yeah. fair, you know, people are like, everybody's got a fair shake at this. No, no that's not how don't. this works. Because I think about myself, like, my family, I didn't grow up wealthy. I mean, I'm still paying off my student loans, but I also did have resources that were available right. to me that yeah. I didn't have family that I was going to have to pay for when everything was done. I also, I had people I knew if... You know, something went wrong, I could go to for help. Yeah. Right? And not everybody has that. True and enough. again, that's not necessarily, a, you know, a, a race or, you know, a, a culture issue. Right. But again, so we know statistically that, um, you know, certain groups are going to be disproportionately affected by those financial implications. Um, and so I think the other thing is, you know, it's not a competition like, oh, who's had it harder than yeah. this and that, like, you know, because yeah. I do think people kind of get their hackles up, like, well, mm-hmm. I had it hard too. And it's like, no, 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 that's, we're not saying you didn't. Right. <laughs> right. We're not right. saying you didn't, but we're saying, you know, maybe we can look back and say, um, look at the numbers, like right. you said, and say, right. well, there's clearly a problem here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it going to be fair for absolutely everyone if we set aside, you know, 15 spots for, um, for people of color? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, that means some people who might have otherwise gotten a spot mm-hmm. aren't going to get it. But they'll probably get in at another vet yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. And there's lots of spots. <laughs> there's lots of spots. And, yeah. and again, if you, I think it's because people are thinking about it with the traditional criteria we've always used, and those aren't fair. And they're, oh. not, they're not good. They're not, right. um, yeah. they're not giving you what you think they are, right. I think is the other yeah. thing, is you think that like, oh, yeah, if they got these grades and these, this. anybody who's been in this field for a long time knows that grades aren't going to predict how somebody's going to perform. Um, look at I mean, look test, at us. Yeah. <laughs> test scores are really good at predicting how you're going to perform on a test. Right. <laughs> Past exactly. test scores, oh, cool, you're good right. at test taking. That right. doesn't mean that right. you're going to be a good veterinarian. Right. That, and even being really, really smart and answering them with questions doesn't mean you're going to have a rapport with clients. Right. doesn't mean that you're going to have the, um, the ability to critically think. Because, I, I oh. mean... I mean, this is a whole different ball of wax where I've gotten into is, is how do we actually teach and assess students on their critical thinking skills, which is really, right. really tough. Yeah. Um, but it's actually what I care about. I actually don't care if you can pick um, out of a multiple choice test because right. when was the last time a cat walked in vomiting? Right. was like, <laughs> do I have a foreign body? Do right. I have kidney disease? Which one, you know, like that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. And so um, it, it's sort of illogical that that's what we're, we're you know, assessing people right. on. Right. Um, and, and, and I, you know, we all went to school with people. We've worked with people since then that like, did really, really well in tests and get to clinics and are like, well, you know, yep. you're like, uh, stay away from my pets. Um, exactly. And then the flip side where people who struggled in class and are amazing mm-hmm. on clinics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course there are some people who struggled in class and are struggled in clinics and some people who are amazing. You know, we have all kinds. Yeah. But I think the key is that the performance in this doesn't necessarily pr- predict your performance right. on a completely different arena. Absolutely. And yet we're still using these outdated methods yeah. to judge people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that is leading to this very, you know, Lack, we have this lack of diversity. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And it's not just, it's not just racial or, uh, racial or cultural diversity. Mm-hmm. It's also just diversity of thought, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. People from different perspectives, people yeah. growing up. So somebody, you know, white, black, whatever, growing up in the South is going to have a very different perspective oh, yeah. than me growing up on the West Coast in Southern oh, California yeah. right. or when I lived in Michigan for 10 years. Like, you know, that's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's one of the things I've actually, it's always been really important to me, um, you know, throughout my training is I've gone somewhere different, every part mm-hmm. of my training. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to school one place, an internship somewhere else, 
um, you know, residency somewhere else. And, and, and I think that has, is really important because you learn how differently yeah, exactly. it was really different yeah. when I went to a different country, exactly. you know, yeah. and then you were like, yeah. oh, a lot of things are really the same, right? Like I think at the end of the day, people are, are very much the same, but you have a different perspective and right. you look at things a little differently and we need to learn to embrace and celebrate that. Like, oh, you yes. see things that I don't see. Right. Right. If we work together, we see more. So yeah. much more. Like yeah. that's so what's so, more. like that's so, um, there was a, an example and I use this sometimes when I talk to students about this. Um, there was, um, there's a business in like somewhere in the Netherlands or something like that. It's like a computer coding business. Mm -hmm. And they found that people with like autism and Asperger's are really, really good at like reading code and finding mm -hmm. the errors. And so they have this group, they employ these people who like, you know, it, socially they struggle. They are like, I don't want to be around people. So they right. set up the system and um, they're like, okay, you have, you know, your cubicle here and you have your, they, they basically said, we're going to create an environment where you can thrive. And like, you are doing something that other people cannot do. And it's making us better. And it's giving them, you know, their autonomy. Like, just stuff like that where I'm like, yeah. That's like, cool. Like, having people recognizing that, like, oh, it's not better or worse. It's just different. It's just different. And different is yep. good. Good. Because yes. different picks yeah. up on things. Like, my, I can't yeah. see my blind spots. They're right. my blind spots. Somebody right. else can see my blind yeah. spots, and I can see theirs. And, and so that diversity of thought, which you get more of, you're more likely to get if you get people from different backgrounds, right. different perspectives. Exactly. Um, and, and so I, you just get a, 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 a richer environment, and everybody is better off for it if you can be open to it. Um, obviously you still got to be open to somebody pointing right. out your blind spots. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not easy, right? Like it's nobody, not. nobody likes being told that, you know, you're, you're not doing things right. Or I think right. that's, I think that's what people tend to struggle with is that feeling like I'm a good person, right? Like I right. feel like I'm a good person. Right. And, and if, you know, if I'm not doing anything wrong, it's like, yeah. well, that's not what we're saying. Right. Exactly. We're not saying that, but rather than just sitting by, maybe we can say, let's, let's help some let's, people out who right. need a little let's more. Let's do something and take action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are we what are we doing next? So next steps are um, yep. we have to figure out how we have to go to the the deans and the admissions yes. committees of all the colleges, and we say we need to hire more um, faculty of color. Yep. Yes. Um, and we have to figure out how to convince them that. We're going to hire them, and we're going to give them some authority yeah. to make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Make it right? worth them coming. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to have yeah. all the power in the world, but like, just give them, say, okay, this is their area. They control this area, yeah. whatever it might be, admissions or you know, student-related, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. Just give them something where, okay, I'm going to still run this by you, yeah. but I know you're not going to you say, oh, maybe next month or <sighs> pay that for next meeting. Yeah. Or, well, that won't work because... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, they have my back. Like, I know, okay, they're going to go to bat for me. They're going to take it up the ladder and yeah. it's going to come back down approved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, all right. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get the podcast out to people who, are, <laughs> who will listen to that and be I like, "Hear so. that?" That's. Yeah. I mean, that that is, and it has to be welcoming. I yeah. Mean, they, in addition to what Carl was saying, it it has to be a place where people feel comfortable, and that yeah, they're gonna say, "Yes, I'll move across the country to come." Yeah. Yes, baby girl. <laughs> We're gonna record her podcast next. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Sure. Um, no, you you need to feel like it's a safe environment, and and not just. But not just safe, right? Like you've got to yeah. thrive. Yeah. It can't just be like, oh, cool, nobody's awful to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's not enough. Um, but it's also got to be, you know, I'm going to be supported in, in the programs that are important to me. For I mean, sure. that's what everybody wants, right? Yep. right. Um, and, and so, but it's just saying, hey, but what I want might be a little different than what you're used to. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, All right. I think, I think it's your turn. <laughs> All right. It's your turn. Do you want to talk into the microphone? You want to say hi to the people? 
No? Okay. Well, that's fine, too. <laughs> we'll try that next time. Okay. Brittany and Carl, thank you so much for coming and having this chat. I think this is, this is going to be a good follow-up. I think people sure. are excited. I, I, I really do think that people want to start doing yeah, stuff. For I, sure. I, just, yeah. I really am feeling that, um, that people really are, are recognizing things are a little different. And um, I would like to be part of the solution to keep that momentum going Yes. Um, and say, what else can we do? Um, so thank you again. Um, thank you for, really for again, opening up this avenue yeah. and this resource. So we thank you greatly. We are not done. Oh, I'm going to say that all. every time. Yeah, we are not, not done. done. So Definitely you guys not. are coming yeah. back. This, we're going to do this some more. This is going to be um, an absolutely. annual thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, we're going to keep doing it until, until we feel satisfied. And I just want to say one quick thing that to everybody who reached out to me after our last podcast, thank you all so, so much. I read every response. And I really appreciate them. I think I got back to everybody. If I didn't, I apologize. I still will get back to you, but I really greatly appreciate everybody, and thank you much. And, and keep doing that. You can, uh, For sure. yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about it too. That um, I, again, I might not have the same perspective, but um, I, I am here to listen and help how I can. You can reach out to us through the the podcast. What mm -hmm. is the email again? It's veterinaryjournalclub at gmail .com. Okay, yeah, veteran. I'm not. I'm not very good at that yet. <laughs> Veterinary journal. Maybe I'll do that. We'll do it on a, a closing thing later. Um, so I'll, I'll get you all the all the things and and other people who reached out. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But if there's other stories that people want to share or yeah. um, anybody out there who has an experience that they would like to share, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Yep. Um, we'd we'd like to hear your stories and, and sure. share your voices because um, I think that's going to be really important for everybody um, to feel heard. So um, thank you thank again. You. We're going to keep it going. All right. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. I'd like to thank Topher, my producer. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Vet Journal Club. Our website is veterinaryjournalclub.fireside.fm. Email us with questions, comments, or show ideas at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com. And remember to check back weekly for new episodes, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>